Good evening. Welcome to Legacy Battle. Please catch us on YouTube, iHeart, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're everywhere now. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, please contact us in the comments section. We'll put the video at the beginning like we're currently doing with our current sponsor. Um, I am Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. Here with me tonight from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King, Penn State Collegiate All-Star, Kevin Adams, Ball State Athlete, Paul Havocott, and our special guest tonight played four years at BYU, uh, leading in pretty much every statistical category her senior year, which I found very impressive. Uh, she was drafted in the second round of the WNBA draft by the New York Liberty. She played 10 years in the WNBA with the Liberty, Chicago Sky, Minnesota Lynx, and the Indiana Fever. She currently runs the Aaron Thorne Elite Basketball Program, and you can find that on the web at AaronThorneElite.org. And it's a nonprofit program that's goal is to educate and empower youth with honesty, integrity, discipline, and respect through skill training and competition, mentoring, and service opportunities. So please check out that website. You can see what they do. You can make donations on there. Um, you know, I've done that. It's a good cause. So let's get some money out to them, all our viewers and everything. So ladies and gentlemen, Utah's 1999 Miss Basketball winner, WNBA veteran, Aaron Thorne. So thank you for coming on. You just aged me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. We've had, we've had athletes a lot older than you on. So. <laughs> so you're probably younger than, than three of the guys on the panel, so. Yeah, there she is. She I is. <laughs> so yeah, as yeah. always, we'll get that Q&A going after the debate uh, with Aaron and her career, and, and we'll find out a little bit more about her program. But tonight's debate is the greatest female basketball player of all time. Uh, we're going to be debating four, and then we'll have our honorable mentions afterwards. So we're going to start tonight with Candace Parker. That's right. 6'4", born 419, happy early birthday to my girl, Candy Parker. Although she was here, I'd, I'd probably call her Miss Parker. She seems like she would just command all kinds of respect. She's out of St. Louis and uh, is currently a forward with the Chicago Sky. Um, she's number one for me. She's very versatile. She's played multiple positions, power forward, center, guard. Um, some of her stats... Gotta put her up there. So she's a WNBA champion in 2016 with her former team, the LA Sparks. She has a lot of awards, and but more importantly than the awards, there's a lot of like landmarks that she did. So I'm going to run through some of these, and I'm going to highlight some of my favorites. Two WNBA MVPs in 08 and 13, finals MVP in 16, 2013 All-Star Game MVP, and on top of all of that, represents our country with two Olympic golds in 08 and 12. 08 being the year that she was the rookie of the uh, rookie of the year, excuse me. So the thing that stands out to me about her in women's basketball is I looked up in 2004. She was in a McDonald's high school dunk competition, and she was voted as the winner. That some of the contestants because I know Kevin's not going to be appreciative of this, but some of her contestants uh, that she beat out were Rudy Gay, J.R. Smith, and Josh Smith. So along with the dunking theme, she was the first female to dunk in an NCAA game and then became the first to dunk twice within the same game later on. 
And then I got her in college here with a stat. 2007-2008 tournament champs of the Lady Vols, SEC Rookie of the Year, named Final Four's most outstanding player on both occasions, and was a two-time consensus national player of the year. And that's Candace Parker. So I, I got a little stat. I, I checked all four of the women we're debating tonight, and I looked for if they're in the top 25, and I took the um, what I consider the – five biggest stats in basketball, which is points per game, boards, assists, steals, and blocks. So of those five, she is in the top 25 of four of those. And no other player we're debating tonight is. And I, I found that to be impressive. The only one she's not in the top 25 in is for the steals. Um, you know, she, that's that's a hard stat to come by. Brian, your Cheryl Swoops is actually the only one that we're talking about tonight that's in the top 25 on that. But uh, so Aaron, let me ask you, Candace, she may be the greatest player. We'll, we'll figure that out in our vote later, but she has had some issues where she was sat down with Derek Fisher, you know, her, her coach. So what are your thoughts on that with the amount of talent that she has to be sat down by a coach? And, but what do you also think of her overall game? Um, I mean, you know how the players are nowadays. They all want to tell their coach what to do and how to do it, and <laughs> and and half of them do. Um, Derek Fisher just isn't one of those guys that's going to let it happen. Um, and I don't know that it was as big a deal probably for them. Um, they're both high high level athletes, and I think those things happen in the heat of the moment, and you walk away and you're like, oh, that wasn't really that big a deal. Um, Definitely doesn't knock her down on in my book. Um, when Paul was going through all the stats, he he mentioned it, but he didn't mention that together. She was the rookie of the year and the MVP in the same season, 2008. So coming in right out of college, you're the best player in the WNBA. That is that is a stat that I don't think anyone has done. That's something no one else has done, I believe. Um, so that that's ranks her right up there for me. Um, and, and just the the evolution of the women's game nowadays is a lot in part thanks to Candace Parker. Before Candace Parker, you didn't have a six four anybody bringing the ball down the court, shooting threes, doing any of that. Um, so she kind of changed the game that way and made it popular to be tall and athletic and handle the ball like a point forward in the women's game. She was kind of the first point forward. She's not afraid to speak her mind. You should see her going off on Shaq on TNT. Those two I love it. Love here. it. Got into some <laughs> nice debates. And, you know, Shaq, Shaq's a big boy. He's very opinionated himself. So I'm, I'm always impressed when that happens. Um, but, yeah, so just a great player. I have her at second in points per game of who we're talking about tonight. At 16.87. Um, now, obviously, a lot of the players we're talking about are still active, but in their older years, so that, that point per game is coming down with them. Um, so they're not as high up the list as they used to be, but <laughs> they're still there. Um, and and that, that's, that says a lot, in my opinion. Um, but she also is the only person in the top 25 on this list for, for the board, 8.6 rebounds a game. 
that is that's Dennis Rodman numbers there. That's pretty pretty good. And she's uh all the only one on the blocks at one point six two. So just a all around all around player definitely. So all right, let's move on to our next player. That's going to be Sue Bird, one of our first. Uh, we got we got a lot of a lot of UConn representatives tonight. <laughs> Because UConn had a lot of good female basketball players. They were, like, what, undefeated almost every season for a while? So, yeah, Sue Bird, born in 1980, player for uh, Seattle Storm currently um, in the WNBA. Uh, her career, you know, started young, and Aaron might appreciate this because she had a good uh, high school career. Well, so did Sue. You know, she uh, won the high school national championship. She was uh, New York State Player of the Year, uh, New York Daily News Player of the Year, and um, Women's uh, Basketball Coaches Association All-American. When she went to UConn in 2002, uh, she had won the Wade Trophy for uh, Best Women's Collegiate Basketball Player um, and the Naismith Award as Collegiate Player of the Year. She finished her UConn career uh, ranked first in three-point field uh, goal percentage and uh, free throw percentage. Second assistant steals, um, was a three-time winner of the Nancy Lieberman Award as the top point guard in the nation. Uh, she also led the UConn team to a 114-4 and record. That is impressive. Uh, she was drafted in 2002, first overall by the Seattle Storm of the WNBA. She holds the um, record for the most assists in league history. Uh, she has, uh, you know, uh, Paul's uh, player, Parker, had, what, two gold medals? Well, Sue has uh, four gold medals uh, in the Olympics, not to knock you down there, Paul. Um, she also has four WNBA championships, two NCAA championships, and four FIBA World Cups. She was one of 11 women to have all four of those titles. Uh, she was a five-time EuroLeague champion, 11-time All-Star in the NBA, eight All-WNBA uh, teams. 2011, she was voted by the fans as one of the top 15 players of all time and voted into the WNBA top 20 of all time. Uh, she also worked uh, in the NBA for the Denver Nuggets in their front office um, as their basketball operations associate. And she played professionally in Russia, uh, winning a, a Super League title there as well. And then she joined forces... Uh, in her career with uh, my honorable mention a little bit later, Lauren Jackson, uh, when she took the Storm to their first championship. Um, she was an integral part to the women's national team as well. And she was on the ESPN uh, the magazine cover with her fiance, uh, Megan Rapinoe, back in 2018. Yeah. So with, with Sue Bird, Aaron, do you, is she the best passer that we're talking about tonight? I mean, she, she, she puts up Jason Kidd numbers, it seems, when it comes to that. And still going. I mean, she's yes. – you age me, I'm going to age Sue Bird. She's 40 years old and still dominating the point guard position. She's, she's still probably, if not the best, one of the best point guards currently playing. And to do it at 40 years old is unbelievable. Little known fact, Kevin – when she was at Christ the King in high school, we actually um, had my team pulled off the upset in the semifinals. We would have actually played against her for that national championship. Um, so, yes, I did know Sue Bird was very good in high school as well. <laughs> um, no, she's just, she's timeless. Um, never seems to age, uh, never seems to slow um, you know, she credits Megan, her fiance, 
and with helping her maintain that competitive advantage, even at her age with the diet that she now kind of maintains. Um, just unbelievable to be continuing to do things she does at 40 years old in that league where, you know, the younger they get, the more athletic they get. And she's just, you know, steady as ever. I didn't realize she was 40. I was thinking like 35. I didn't realize she was already that old that, and she is still playing at high, high level. That, that is insane. Longevity. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. But Paul or Brian, I, I say this on a lot of shows. Our goal is to not have the other people win. We want our person to win. So let me let me bring this up about Sue Bird. Oh boy. <laughs> when I when I great player, Hall of Famer, no doubt. I see her as Magic Johnson, not Michael Jordan. So either one is like, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Can she be the greatest player, uh, uh, greatest women's player of all time if she's not Michael Jordan? She's Magic Johnson. Well, I think when I think of Michael, I think that's a great point. And you know, when I think of the Michael Jordan, I think of Candace Parker, obviously. So no, you can't be if you're Magic Johnson. You, you got to be Michael Jordan. I mean, that's my unbiased opinion, though. Take it for what it's worth. <laughs> Completely unbiased, right? <laughs> Brian, what do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, basically what you're telling me is that, you know, Magic, he kind of always, you know, he needed like Kareem, you know, to get the championships, whatever. Uh, I mean, are you saying that that Bird was incapable of, of carrying a team by herself with that comparison? I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. You know, it seems to me like she was able to, to carry a team pretty well, you know, without needing other stars. So, For me – did Magic Johnson make the people around him better? Yes. So absolutely. does that absolutely. so does that so does that factor into being the greatest? Because some of the greatest scorers of all time might not necessarily be the greatest players of all time. Because I, I'm going to show my uh, NBA loyalties a little bit. James Harden, I I think he's a great player, but I don't think he makes the people around him better. So when he continues to proclaim himself as the MVP, I struggle. For me, a, a Sue Bird type player, a Magic Johnson type player has to be in the conversation because it, if not, then all we're valuing is the scoring. She creates it for other people. So it's how many points do you have a hand in? You know, like the hockey assist, you get an assist and an assist to the assist. I think a lot of that, um, comes from the hands of players like Sue Bird. That is a great point. I agree with that one. <laughs> You're welcome, Kevin. <laughs> well, I mean, to, to, to add to that point, if we're looking at, a, okay, she said assists in hockey. We debated, we had Lemieux-Gretzky debate. Gretzky was the assist. Lemieux was the better goal scorer. That, that show ended in a tie. Okay, but then. Well, I'll, we, I'll break the tie, Gretzky. <laughs> but, but then when we when we had Bird versus Magic show, we, you know, Bird won. Now, granted, that our guest special guest that night was a Celtic, but still, you know. <laughs> small detail. Well, let me ask you a question then. We did Crosby and Ovechkin. Crosby has more gold medals, has more cups, has more points, and more assists in less games than Ovechkin has played. Yeah. 
it it leads but, the but, championship. But he, but, he, but, he has, but he has more points per game, so he's a scorer. He, yeah, whatever. It's this is gonna right. be neck and neck. Apples and oranges. Yeah, <laughs> she's just gonna have to pick the better presenter, and you know we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Let, let's move on to Cheryl Swoops. All right, Cheryl Swoops. Um, okay, so nineteen ninety three, she wins the national championship with Texas Tech. Um, in that season, 955 points, which is still the 12th highest of all time uh, for a single season. Uh, I believe it was number one at that point. Um, the uh, Associated Press in 1993 called her the Female Athlete of the Year. So that was a heck of an honor there. So right out of the gate, she's she's very dominant. Um, you know, Texas Tech wasn't loaded with stars like, uh, you know, like your, your uh, Connecticut is now. Um, so then... 1996, 2000-2004, uh, she's part of a, a Olympic gold team. Uh, 1996-2002, um, she wins the gold for the World Cup. And also in 1994, she wins the gold for the Goodwill Games. So now you go to the, uh, the WNBA. She's the first player signed um, in the history of the w, WNBA um, with the Houston Comets. Uh her first four seasons in the league, 1997 through 2000, championship after championship after championship. And also, she was a three-time WNBA MVP. Uh, you know, she showed her versatility also because she was a scoring champion twice. She was a steals leader twice. And she was the defensive player of the year three times. So you talked about that balance, Michael, but, you know, Cheryl Swoops really had that going for her. I mean, she blocks weren't a huge part of her game, but if you're playing tremendous defense like she was, uh, that's not maybe not quite as important. You know, you're still getting the, uh, you know, the, the opposing shooter to, to take a bad shot. Um, Nike named a shoe after her. It was called Air Swoops. That was the first <laughs> female to ever get that, uh, to have that honor. First female basketball player, I should say, to ever have that kind of honor. And uh, in 2017, she was inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame. So um, she was just a, a tremendous player. She's really, for maybe the casual fan, one of the first people you're really going to think of when you think of the WNBA. So, Aaron, is she the best defender we're talking about tonight? Tell us about her game. But also, the name of the show is Legacy Battle. So legacy sometimes extends beyond just what happens on the court. Some of her comments have been, let's say, controversial. Um, so does that maybe tarnish her, her legacy a little bit? Um, she, she's been more controversial than any of the others. Um, I would definitely have to say that. Um, but yes, she is the best defensive player on, on the board so far. Um, not only that, but like she had a go-to move and everybody knew what it was one two dribble pull up jumper to the right you knew exactly what she wanted to do and you could not stop it if she wanted to get to it um very much not very much Paul Pierce like reminding me of you knew Paul Pierce wanted to get to that elbow and it didn't matter how much you knew he wanted to get to that elbow if he got to the elbow it was done um she just um, competed on both ends of the floor, and it showed right out of the gate. Like you said, the, the very first um, pick or 
assignment in the WNBA, um, as I think they were assigned to teams in the beginning. Um, and then uh, the other thought I had is, since she is the only one that was of, of these that is really like known for her defense, it would be interesting to take your little points theory, Michael, and either do blocks or do steals and not both. Because if you're blocking the shot, it's the defense on the back end. But if you're stealing it, it's the defense on the front end. So theoretically, for me, those categories are interchangeable a little bit um, if you're going to points average it out. Well, surprisingly, she was not in the top 25 for rebounds. I, I was surprised to see that. But she is, I said earlier, the only person on our list in the top 25 for steals. And she is in top 25 for points still. I mean, later in her career, she wasn't scoring like she was early on. She ended up with a 15.05 points against. Still very, very respectable. And good enough to keep her in the top 25 still. But uh, so, Kevin, you know, you are you were an all-around player in a lot of your sports that you played throughout the years. So what do you feel is more important? Defensive stats or offensive stats? Because that is going to have a big thing to do with whether Swoops gets any votes tonight. Well, I mean, the stats that I'm looking at for her, you know, steals per game she averaged, I'm looking at two. 2.03, yeah. And blocks per game, not even one. So to say that she's one of the, I mean, say that she was one of the better defensive players, uh, I mean, I don't know, but. Defense, they, they say defense wins championships. Um, but you also need the scoring to get the lead to to be able to play defense to win the championship. So, um, I mean, mo most of the people that we're talking about, you know, three out of, out of the four are, are more offensive than defensive. Um, so it's going to be kind of hard to compare them. But defense is very important. But people remember the ones that, that score the points. And win the win the the title like the awards and accolades. That's what people remember. People yeah, don't remember. I mean, she she did it both though. I mean, she was a scoring champion and she was a defensive player of the year. So I mean, it's it didn't matter. Pick your poison. She she was great on both sides. Well, that's just going to give me a great segue because people remember points, and we're going to move on to my player, <laughs> Diana Tarasi. We should just call her Clutch. Miss Clutch, Mrs. Clutch is what she should be. Um, her nickname is White Mamba, okay? So that that should say all you need to know about how clutch she is. And, of course, that was actually, you know, coined by Kobe Bryant, um, you know, who was known as the Black Mamba, called called her the White Mamba. And, you know, she, she really adopted his style of play, um, looked up to him a lot from, from – what, what she has said, but, you know, she can score in the clutch. She has been put out there for every big situation you can think of. You know, at one point, all the way up until 2018, she was 13-0 and in playoff elimination games. That is a really good number. Um, you know, her resume – it's going to speak for her itself. You know, she's got the three NCAA championships at UConn. If you go to UConn, you're, you're winning a title. That's, that's just the way it is. Four Olympic golds, three WNBA titles, first pick overall, and she lives up to it. We know how many times in 
we see in other sports that the number one pick does not live up to the hype. She has lived up to the hype. And in 2015, uh, ESPNW, that's the women's version magazine, they did a tournament bracket of 12 all-time greats. She was voted the winner of that. Um, so that that's huge. She actually beat her, her teammate, Sue Bird, in the finals of that bracket challenge. Um, she's a scoring machine, WNBA all-time leading scorer, um, finals all-time leading scorer, only Olympic player, or I'm sorry, She's the only player with over 1,000 three-pointers. Now, that may have changed um, recently, but a lot of three-pointers. She's fourth, I said, in points per game all time, which is really high up there. She was the fastest player to 7,000 points um, and the first to have 7,000 points, 1,500 boards, and 1,500 assists. So she's another all-around player. And she's the only player to score 600 points in six straight seasons. Scoring machine. Um, I'm pretty sure her record in that in playoffs now is like um, 33 and two in elimination games. So she's not used to losing. Now she's she's a very passionate player. I think that's kind of the nice way of putting it. <laughs> you know, she um, she's been known to have some control problems <laughs> with her temper led to maybe uh, one or two suspensions here or there and a lot of technical fouls but you know she's quoted as saying this is a good quote you know she says I'm hot-blooded I live in the moment and sometimes your greatest strength can be your greatest weakness and, and I, I think that's very well said so um, you know she's just all-around great player you know, in 2013, she finished top two in points and assists. For comparison, only four NBA players have done that in the history of the NBA. Um, and she's obviously the only WNBA person to do that. Um, and her 2018 no-look pass in the playoffs, highlight real stuff. I mean, that uh, I'll probably find that clip and put it on here when we add in the video clips. But just my opinion, I think she's the best player we're talking about today. So, Aaron, another UConn girl. I mean, that, in my opinion, that gives every person in college basketball an advantage if you go to UConn. But what are your thoughts on Diana, on her game? And, and you know, she's been an Olympic leader, of course, too, internationally, four gold medals. You know, all our girls have, have got some golds. But what do you think of Diana? Uh I've known Diana since she was in high school. We actually went to some All-American camps together. So um, even back then, she was fiery. She's always been that way. And I think your point about um, it being a strength and a weakness was perfect um, because the strength part of it is the reason why she is as good as she is. It's the reason why she doesn't lose in closeout games very often. Um, because when she does, the work afterwards is crazy ridiculous. She's in the gym. Uh, she puts in the time. She puts in the work in the film room. She is willing to do whatever it takes to win, and that can be a weakness sometimes, but it is also what makes her great. It really is. Any, any three of you guys, uh, I, you know, I'd like to hear your opinion. I mean, we all know players that 
are really good. And sometimes, you know, they take a little too far on the refs and things like that. I mean, does it hurt the team sometimes more than it helps it? Or, you know, what would it, any three yeah. of you? I'm glad that you brought that up because I was actually thinking that while you were talking. Um, and when you made that comment, you know, sometimes that strength can be your weakness and whatnot. So, unfortunately, that weakness could cost you a game. You know, getting those technical fouls and, and, you know, lashing out at the wrong time. I get it. You get It's in the heat of the moment. You're fired up in the game and you get a call that doesn't go your way. But you got to learn how to keep those emotions in check because one technical foul can put it, a player to the free, free throw line and can end the game for you and you can end up losing. And if that happens in a big game, Zinedine Zidane headbutted a guy in the World Cup Finals, and that's how he's going down to be remembered as. You don't want to be like that. For once, I agree with Kevin. Polish goes a long way. If she had a little bit more polish, like, let's say, Candace Parker. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I'll weigh in on this one, too. I I think that, you know, this passion that, that she sort of, like, feeds on, you know, it's gonna it's gonna manifest itself in, in different ways, and and if it's and if it's manifesting itself in a positive way, you know, 95 percent of the time, and occasionally she's gonna have you know go too far and have an outburst. I I would rather take the good with the bad. You know, I would rather you know I'd rather have her on my team, even if I know that maybe she's gonna cost me a couple of times, because that passion is what makes her such an elite player. I agree with you. It works for her because she is so good. But if I look like it. Let's take another player like uh, Draymond Green. Right, right. He, he gets technical fouls all the time, leads to suspensions, and, and that has hurt his team. It cost him the finals, in my opinion, the one year against Cleveland. You know, so it it, it can be hit or miss when it comes to, to, to the passion. So uh, You just uh, proved the point, though, that it costed a team of finals. Yeah, it, 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 it did. did for them. But I was actually wondering, has or has Diana ever been kicked out of a game that actually mattered? Not, not uh, that I recall. No, because I know, I know she has, and I know she. I mean, I've I've seen it, but I I can't think of a time where it was like a playoff game or a game that meant they either won the conference or of any significance, I, I couldn't tell you a single one where she could not control the emotion enough to be there for her team. So she she's smart enough, Kevin. There you go. So <laughs> all it takes is that one time. That's true. <laughs> all right, let's uh we're gonna do our trivia question for tonight and then we'll uh do our honorable mentions and then we'll get our vote going. So Here's a trivia question for a prize. Put those answers in the Facebook group page. We'll get the prize mailed out to you if you get it. Prior winners, you guys are ineligible. In the movie Love and Basketball, name the college and professional teams that Monica and Quincy play for, and who is playing basketball in the post-credits scene. I know a lot of people didn't even know there was a post-credits scene to that movie, so go rent it, watch it, hit fast forward, and you'll get that answer. All right, honorable mentions tonight. Let's start with Brian. All right, well, I got uh, Cynthia Cooper. Um, she was a uh, swoops teammate at Houston. Uh, she won two national uh, titles with USC. Uh, she was a three-time uh, scoring champ for WNBA, four-time champion, uh, two-time MVP. 
And she was the first woman inducted into the Naismith uh, Basketball Hall of Fame. So she definitely deserves a shout out. That's quite an honor there. Absolutely. So I got Tamika Catchings, 10-time WNBA, WNBA All-Star, um, 12 All-WNBA teams, 12 All-Defensive teams. You know, that's an incredible number. She's been an MVP, a playoff MVP, champion, rookie of the year, eight-time steel leader, all-decade team. And, of course, you know, like everybody else, she's got some medals. So uh, very very close for me picking her in the top four tonight, but um, she definitely deserves an honorable mention. So, Paul, go ahead. I'm a huge, huge fan of Maya Moore, taken first overall by Minnesota Lynx in 2011. She won both the WNBA championship that year and rookie of the year. Stats are four-time WNBA champ, 11, uh, 13, 15, and 17, two Olympic gold medals, three all-star game MVPs, in the 13th season, she became the first WNBA player to lead the league in both three-pointers and three-point percentages. In the 14th season, she set a record by scoring 30 or more in four straight games, going on to win MVP that season. But as much of a fan as I am of Maya, I'm second to a man named Jonathan Irons. And why is that? Because she's taking a break from WNBA right now. She took up a uh, project to get – Falsely accused Jonathan Irons out of prison after a 22 out of a 50-year sentence that he received and goes on to marry Jonathan Irons. You want to talk about legacy, that is a legacy. Definitely. Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, my honorable mention, as I mentioned earlier, talking about Sue Bird, is Lauren Jackson, one of her teammates uh, for the Storm. So, you know, at age 17, she uh, actually won her first championship in the uh, Australian uh, WNBL uh, league. She won four more titles uh, after that. Uh, started playing for the Australian national team at age 16. She's won three silver medals and a bronze at the Olympics, uh, silver medal at the FIBA World Championship, uh, gold medal at the Commonwealth Games, um, a gold at the World Championship. Um, won two NBA titles. She was an MVP uh, of the finals in the WNBA. Uh, she ranks among uh, the top players in the WNBA for played games, minutes played, field goals, three-point shots, turnover percentage, and she was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2020. And our shout-outs tonight to the ladies that just missed our honorable mentions was Teresa Weatherspoon, Lisa Leslie, and Cheryl Miller. And I'll, I'll just say this about Cheryl Miller. I don't, I don't think any of us can really know how good she really was because she was just playing so before the time of – the talent that we have today. But, uh, Aaron, anybody you want to shout out, uh, give an honorable mention to? I, I'm just going along your Cheryl Miller. Uh, I just think Annie Myers, Drysdale, and uh, Nancy Lieberman. Those those three are the trailblazers for the women um, and definitely deserve a shout out as, as honorable mention. Again, like you said, we just don't know how great they actually were. Okay. Let's move on to our vote, and then we'll get into our Q&A. So um, I'm going to start the vote tonight. I don't vote first often. So, Paul, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with Candace. You know, That's smart. That's smart. When she's in four out of five of my top 25s and she's the only one to do that, that, that that's enough for me. I'll, I'll keep it short because she's, she's got the all-around game. Paul, who are you taking? <laughs> 
Keep mine short too. I think the only competitor for Candace is Diana. So I would go with Diana. Okay. Brian? Well, I mean, Diana, you know, she showed up in the big games, you know, and that's that's really important to me. Um, you know, it's it's one thing what's going on in the regular season, but when you step it up when you're your back's against the wall, that's that speaks volumes. So I'm gonna go with her. Kevin. Yeah, I think uh, Sue Bird is uh, better than Swoops and Parker. Has uh, more uh, championships to get to show for it. But uh, the only other one I own, think. So it doesn't matter. I know. So I got to go, go with White Mamba, Diana. Spiteful. Okay. <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> who are you taking? So, so my vote is actually um, based on who I believe – the other three people would actually vote for. So I'm I'm talking if Sue Bird were asked, if Candace Parker were asked, if Cheryl Swoops would ask, I think they would all say that it's Diana. Not only that, but she doesn't just have the white mamba nickname. She they all, we all, her peers consider her the goat. Um so for me, she has my vote. And not only that, but having to defend her can i tell you 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 feel like you're doing a decent job like hey i'm she's not like killing me and then you look up at the scoreboard and you're like dang charity has 25 points what what am i doing like just like casually killing you and who do you think she would say is the goat or would she say herself (laughs) i think she doesn't answer the question um, I actually believe I've seen an interview where they're talking to Sue Bird and Diana and they say, who's the greatest player of all time? And Sue points at Diana and Diana just stays quiet. <laughs> I love the cockiness. That's awesome. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> all right, let's move into our Q&A. Um, Brian, you're in my top corner, so you got first question. All right, so um, this is going to take you back to uh, – your college days um, at BYU, Jeff Jud- Judkins took over as head coach before your junior season, mm-hmm. and he's been there since, um, and he's had a good amount of success. So what can you tell us about Coach uh, Coach Judkins? Uh, goofy as I'll get out, but he knows the game. Um, we had a really good coaching staff, um, and we actually made it that year. We actually made it to the Sweet 16 for the first time in school history, and if it were not for my worst game of my entire career, entire, entire, entire career, we would have probably made the Final Four that year. Um, so we had a really good team. But he he knows his basketball. He played with Larry Bird for the Celtics um, during his professional career. So and and studied under Rick Majerus, who was one of probably college's greatest coaches of all time. Um, so just just a a good dude that knew his stuff. When you, when you, you talked about um, missing out on the final four, was you talking about the year you went to the sweet 16? Yeah. Lost to Tennessee. Okay. Lost to Tennessee. Cause I was three for 18 from the three and they were playing a two, three zone, giving them to me. And I just could not make a shot. There's no shame in losing to a Pat Summit team. I mean, there it's not shame. It's frustration because <laughs> I knew we should have won. <laughs> Fair enough. Paul, go ahead. 
I watched an interview with you maybe about five years ago. They were retiring your high school jersey, and they were asking you if you were interested in coaching, and you were thinking not high school because probably don't have the patience for that. Maybe that's changed. Maybe it hasn't. But is that is that what's next for you? Are you doing some college coaching? What What's going on? Uh Funny story. I have, I am super ultra competitive and I don't feel like I have a lot of patience, but, and I thought I don't ever want to coach little kids. Like I just don't have the patience. I want to coach people that already know the game and just refine things and, and teach high IQ type stuff. Um, and I said that for the longest time. And then uh, a friend of mine said, hey, there's this um, youth basketball program that he really wants to get a female coach. Um, and he, you know, can I give him your number? And this was like three or four years after I'd stopped playing. I was like, yeah, it's probably time to get back to basketball. Um, and long story short, I now absolutely love coaching little kids. I have a group of third and fourth graders that are just an absolute blast because it is basketball in its purest form. These kids just love the game and don't know enough to be tainted by what can come with it. Um, so literally I coach fourth graders through 10th, 11th graders right now. And it's, it's the best thing in the world. I couldn't imagine doing anything different. Well, and that, that leads me into my first question to tell us about Aaron Thorne elite basketball and, and, and how people can, can donate. Yeah. So, um, because I started with this boys program, um, he kind of had a girls program, but it was really small. He had a big one before, and then he stepped away from coaching it and it kind of started to fade away um, which is why he wanted to get me involved um, his name is Brian Sitter and he runs Vegas Elite Basketball Club here in Vegas and it's the best boys program in the state by far um, so anyways I got to talking with him a couple years ago I started to grow the program um, had two or three teams going and just decided that hey let me give them their own identity let's let them not be the Vegas elite girls, let them be their own program. Um, so we broke off and created this Aaron Thorne elite program. And in a year and a half, I went from the two, three teams to, I now have, I think 12 or 13 teams um, competing and 150 girls in my program. And you know, we're, we open the doors to all girls. I don't have like certain tryout times or whatever. I just want kids to be involved. Um, so they can check out the website. I should probably update my practice times because I think they've changed a little bit. Um, but we have an open door policy. Anybody can come try it out. If you don't like it, you don't have to stay. Um, but if you do definitely come be involved. And then as far as donating, there's Venmo and PayPal information up on the website that links it straight to it. So um, anything you can do to help us out, um, help us, you know, we've got some kids that can't afford it. I have a lot of kids on scholarship that I just kind of eat the costs for. Um, and everybody thinks, well, you make, you know, you have a monthly tuition, you have monthly dues. I don't, I don't pay myself what I should, probably should. It's a full-time job. I don't pay myself full-time job money. I take care of my other coaches. I make sure the girls have the best they can possibly get. And then whatever's left over, 
will make do with. Um, this is really about giving back to a game that has given me so much. Kevin, go ahead. Uh, I want to take you a little bit further back than what Ryan took you. <laughs> so, high now school. Now we're really aging her, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, high school, I mean, there was a lot of hype. Um, I mean, your your high school, you won, what, four national or four state championships. You went 88-0 and 0 against all teams in Utah. Uh, you Final record was like 93-3, and three, only losing three times at the Tournament of Champions. Um, so with all that hype uh, as a, you know, a high schooler uh, looking to go to college, I know uh, you look like you narrowed it down to Old Dominion, Duke, and BYU is what I was uh, seeing. So with all that hype and, and, and everything going on, how, how did you, you know, handle that and go through that? And what made you choose BYU over Duke and Old Dominion? You have done your research. Wow. Um, I love it. Uh, so you are correct. Those were my final three. And I actually had all three coaches in my house um, on home visits. And, you know, it, 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 that just makes it harder, honestly, when you start to create these relationships with these coaches and really get to know them. Um, the process is really, um, it, it's hard on these kids um, you're 17, 18 years old, sometimes younger, making decisions that could affect the rest of your life. Um, for me, what it really came down to is um, I looked at all those programs, and at the time, Old Dominion was one of the top programs in the nation. Duke was literally the year after I committed to BYU. So my senior year in high school, Duke made it to the national championship game. And I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> but at the same time, I, I know that I made the right decision for me. Um, I wanted to create something for a program that hadn't done anything. Um, Duke was good, still is good. It is always in conversations. Old Dominion at the time, again, was one of the best programs in the country with Mary Andrade and Tisha Penichero. So for me, BYU had never even won an NCAA tournament game, and they'd only been there a couple of times. Now, yes, it's a hometown school, so that factors in it as well. But I really wanted to create something that was mine and not just be another piece to somebody else's big puzzle. Um, and, and just create my own path and, you know, do something that had never been done at a university. And, and like we talked about earlier, my junior season, we made it to the Sweet 16 with a chance to go even further. So I feel like I did what I went there to do and, you know, ended up being kind of the only player from BYU that ever had any kind of substantial WNBA career too. So, um, Feel like feel like it worked out the way it needed to work out, and it worked out well for me. I'm sure, you'll be in their Hall of Fame one day if, if, if they have one. So, I mean, I think already, you got already there. Already Steve, there. You're already there. Oh, perfect. Yeah. There, you go. there you go. Think of that. Your 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 name is like next to Steve Young. It is. That that's incredible. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Brian, go ahead. Uh, so I I did uh, I dug into some research and. Realize that you have the you have the thirteenth best uh, uh, field goal percentage in uh, Division One history. Um, still, even at this point in time, you know so, so, some other girls have passed you since. But um, so you were known for your accuracy outside the arc. 
Um, what goes into having such a successful perimeter game? Lots and lots of hours in the gym. Um, when, when other kids were out playing with friends and doing the social butterfly stuff, I was in the gym. I knew what I wanted from a young age. I'm super ultra competitive. You can't play card games with me because I'll get mad if I lose. Um, and don't worry, I won't cheat to win. I'll just be very, very frustrated that I can't win. Um, but just, I mean, it's time. You have to, kids nowadays, this instant gratification with the phones and technology straight at your fingers sometimes drives me crazy um, because they don't appreciate sometimes the work that has to go into things like that. You want to be great at anything, whether it's basketball, soccer, or sewing. You have to put in the time. It doesn't matter what it is. It takes a lot of hours to be great at anything. Paul? I'm a big Miami Heat fan, and one of the negative pieces of criticism I hear about them is that last year in the – finals you know there was no fans and so their three-point percentages were a lot higher based on that so kind of what Brian was talking about with you you're obviously a very good perimeter shooter and shooter in general so I wanted to get your take do you think there's something to that what would it even matter to you since you're talking about like muscle memory here and constant practice does it matter if there's fans or no fans for the three-point game um what is the movie with Kevin Costner that he's the picture and the he's the, the baseball For the love of the game, yeah. For the love of the game. You know, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. When he, when you get to on the mound and you got to make a pitch, it doesn't matter how loud it is in there. It doesn't matter if there's fans in it. You literally cannot hear it. I used to have a cousin come to games and uh, we had a joking little sumo joke that we did um, every time we saw each other. And he, his goal was to try and draw my attention by yelling sumo at random times in the game. Um, and, and for the most part, you don't hear it. If you're really locked in, the fans waving, the good shooter, the great shooters, you, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, what matters more sometimes is actually sometimes the, the background behind the, the glass. Um, everybody has different preferences, but sometimes like deep stadiums have different views than the, sh the more um, shallow ones. If you've got a wall behind the backboard, sometimes it's easier to shoot. That the, the images behind are more, have more effects than the noise for me, really. Kevin, go ahead. Um, so I saw that you, you played over in France. Is that accurate? That is accurate. So uh, what would you say the difference is uh, between the leagues over in Europe uh, compared to here and um, just how they like, view basketball over there as opposed to over here? Yeah. Um, so I actually played in Israel, France, Turkey, and I f Greece. I was like, I feel like I'm forgetting one. Um, it's The WNBA really is the best league in the world. Um, you just, there's the talent there is unbelievable. When you go overseas, you, whether you're a scorer or not, whether, I mean, you don't go over there and get paid to play defense. You really don't. <laughs> you go over there 
and you are expected to score and you are expected to score at a high clip and you're expected to be your team's best player. Um, as they, they do throw a lot of, a lot more money at it than we do in America, which is why people still go over there. Um, there's a lot more money to be made over there. So it has the financial backing that we don't necessarily have here in America. And they're working on it. Obviously the league is way better now than when I was playing. Um, I wish they could do some back pay on all these salary cap increases. Uh, (laughs) But I mean, it's just a completely different level. There are a few leagues over there, the Russian league, um, and the Turkish league are very highly competitive as well, but it's because they're inundated with WNBA players a lot of the times. So um, we really do. We are, we're lucky, and I don't think people know how fortunate we are to be able to watch these some of the greatest players in the world um, play on our home turf. So you've played in New York. You've played for Chicago, you know, very big basketball cities, uh, you know, it was earlier on in the WNBA when, it, when you were in New York, um, you know, it's, it has grown a lot more since that time. So how, how do you feel, like, was the reaction, like, how, how did the fans treat you and, and, and like, what, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word here, <laughs> like, the, the experience of, of women's basketball was new to everybody, so did you, did you think it would continue to grow or did you think maybe it would be like kind of like the women's soccer league? You know, it, it didn't make it after a few years. What were your expectations? Um, honestly, I just wanted to play. <laughs> I was not a part of the business side of it. I just wanted to play basketball. Um, so I didn't worry about it a lot. But um, when, when I started playing in New York, they, we were drawing 12,000 fans a game. Um, it was, you know, the Teaspoon years, the uh, Becky Hammond years, the Rebecca Lobo was right before I got there, um, Vicki Johnson, Crystal Robinson, some of the best players of that time, they were all in New York. So people, people loved the New York Liberty. Um, Madison Square Garden was packed for our games. And um, the, the fun part of it for me was um, – at Madison Square Garden, when you exit, we used to exit out a certain door. They'd have us exit out a certain door. And where it's different from the NBA, where they're trying to hide the players and, and let them drive out so they don't get mobs and stuff, we actually walked out to a tunnel of fans and took the time to sign autographs and do all of that. And I actually had a friend's little, probably six or seven year old daughter at the time there visiting me one game. And she leaned over to her mom as I'm walking out signing autographs and doing all that. She's like, mom, why do they want Aaron's autograph? Like just, it's just Aaron. Like who, who wants Aaron's autograph? So um, that just kind of puts it in perspective for us, how fortunate we were to, to play in this league, to play in America, to play in New York City, to play at Madison Square Garden, one of the greatest places of all time. Absolutely. That- that's the mecca of, of all sports, Madison Square Garden. So, well, we want to thank Erin Thorne for joining us tonight. Greatly appreciate it. I want to remind everyone to go to her website where you can donate. That's AaronThorneElite.org. Be sure to check out Legacy Battle. 
on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts. We're on all of them. So thank you for watching, and we'll see you all next time.